Welcome to New Bridge Christian Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David of Galenrobo teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. Please be seated. Praise God. So, this is going to be the first time in almost five years of going around preaching that I will intentionally teach about money. I've never, even since this church started, I've never thought about money. I remember the first service we had when we took offering. And Minister Faith was counting the offering. The way she was counting it, my mother looked at her and said, Is it that you have not taken offering before? She said, Yes. She said, oh, So all the meetings you have been saying, You don't take offering? Say, Yes. So how do you do anything you did? I said, eh, God. But I'm going to teach throughout the month of August. We're going to be talking about biblical truth on money, wealth, material prosperity tithing, giving, savings increase. Now, most of the things you hear may not be popular, but they are biblical. Praise the Lord. They may contradict what you may have heard almost for the past 20 years. <laughs> but I vowed that we will be an apostolic community. And to mercy, it's time to resume work. <laughs> it's time to resume. The the screen is showing in the other class, right? And the, the chairs are there, everything is set. So, praise God. Matthew 16, verse 23. This was Jesus talking to Peter. But he turned. Matthew 16, verse 23. But he turned, used the dark background. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense. No, it's okay. An offense unto me. For thou severest not the things that be of God. Wisdom just assist. Thou severest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Praise the Lord. Matthew 16, verse 24. Now, it says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him do what? 
deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There is some level of denial a person will have to give himself if he's going to be okay. Go to verse 24, please. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's a certain level of denial. You will have to make up your mind that I want to be God's Christ disciple. That word discipleship is a very scarce word now. Disciple. See, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, because you are a disciple, there are certain things that you will do. And the previous verse gives us the background. Verse 23. That was Jesus talking to Peter. He says, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savourest not the things that be of God. What does it mean to savour? It means to, to enjoy. Do you get that kind of thing? So it is satanic to see someone who does not savour the things of God? He doesn't want to hear about it. The painful part of it is there are many in the church who are in church, but they are still satanic. They are exhibiting Luciferian tendencies. <laughs> you savour not the things that be of God. The major sign of salvation is love for God. I mean, you suffer love for the things of God. See, one of the things that disturbed historians about the Christian faith was how people who believed in Jesus Christ were readily available. They were, they were readily willing to die. Many of them were wondering, what have these people found in Christ Jesus that makes them give out themselves like this. For whomsoever will save his life shall lose it. And whomsoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Praise God. So, our approach to anything is discipleship. Because of this, Go to verse 24. Because of this, we, we don't have opinions of our own. Do you understand that? You know, I've not seen people who say they are Christians. I'm a Christian, but this is my opinion on this. I know the Bible says this. But I know that's what the Bible says. But this is my opinion. You ought not to have opinions different from the Bible. That is why a proper understanding of the message and the teaching of the Bible is too important. As much as possible, we should not bend the scriptures. We should not try to make it say what we want it to say. Do you understand that? We should po- we're supposed to be faithful enough to present it the way it's presented. Employ all this. That's why last month we were studying how to interpret the Bible. 
to read it, use the right tools, interpret it, face the truth. Because our life is supposed to reveal the truth. Praise God. So, quickly, I will give you a give us a background, and we will round up this session in Jesus' name. Some years ago, I was among the people who said, Don't talk about money in church. I used to be among those people. You should not be talking about money in church. What you should be talking about is Christ. Christ. Don't talk about money. Until I took time to study the Bible. I took time to open it. And I found that the Bible says much more than much more on money than any book in the world. See, the Bible even says things that banks, some things that banks are doing now. The Bible wants about it. It's, it's strange. There are so many practices done today in the finance world that the Bible has talked about it. Some of them, they approved. The Bible appro- commended some of them. Some of them, the Bible disapproved of them. What the Bible teaches on money, in fact, let me even give you some statistics. The Bible has more verses on money than faith, prayer, heaven, and hell combined. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? The Bible has more verses and statements on money than faith, prayer, heaven, and hell combined. The Bible has 2,350 verses on money. Any sincere reader of the Bible will see that the Bible devotes a disproportionate amount of space to that subject. It's almost like, why, why, why are you talking about this thing so much? Some of you have read the book of Proverbs and said that word, usury. Usury, that's the financial term. Usury actually refers to the increased interest put on borrowed money. The Bible condemns that. But that's what many banks do. So you borrow your money and they give you the kind of interest that will make you a slave forever. But the Bible speaks against it. Sometimes the Bible is extreme. And occasionally shocking. Especially on this subject. So, a, a man is very skilled at dodging the things that will hurt his feelings. So, we can either change it or bend it to suit us, both pastors and members, <laughs> both pulpit and pew. But we trust God in the month of August. Every strand will be taken one by one. All of us will submit to the truth. Praise God. Both pupils and pews. Praise the Lord. The Bible has too much to say about money. How it should be handled. How we should view it. What we should do with it. 
But the question is, why does God give so much instruction on money? Why? Why? Could it be that there is something he knows about it that we don't know? Money, possessions, wealth. Why? Could it be there? Could it be he's trying to say something that we are not paying attention to? Let's look at some of them before we move on. Luke chapter 19, verse 9. You're welcome, man of God. Pastor Emmanuel, go, go. You're welcome in Jesus' name. The pastor at Redeemed Christian Church of God, one of the major branches, came to visit us today. <laughs> Luke 19, verse 9. Before then, let's read up from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, verse 2. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. What are, I'm sure you've heard that word publican in the Bible before. What does publican mean? A publican means a public sinner. Somebody who is bold about getting involved in the wrong things publicly. He's called a publican. King James. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. So Jesus was to pass a certain way. And Zacchaeus Wanted to see Jesus. Even though he was a sinner. Even though he was a public sinner. He wanted to see Jesus. But he was kind of short. So everybody was. Blocking him. Especially. I'm, I'm sure people who. You know he was a rich man. And people who did not like him. Were blocked it today. You see. Compass. Come, 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 come For he was to pass that way. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place. He looked up. And saw him. And said unto him, Zacchaeus. So, Zacchaeus has climbed the sycamore tree. And Jesus looked at him and said, Wow. And said unto him, Zacchaeus. What the man Jesus was. He did not tell Jesus his name. Jesus looked at him and knew, Zacchaeus. I'm sure Zacchaeus would have, What just happened now? Make haste and come down. For today, I must abide at thy house. Amen. Verse 6. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. So, I'm sure Zacchaeus was like, you see, see, any pit with a ding for, dig for me, I jump and pass. And when they, were, when they all saw it, they, they all murmured and saying that he was to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Verse 8. Pay attention to this verse. And Zacchaeus stood and said Lord, unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I, I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. We don't know what happened in that house. We don't know what happened between verse 7 and verse 8. But they just told us at a point in the discussion. Zacchaeus said, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. 
And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. See Jesus' response in verse 9. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. Jesus did not say, Oh, that's, that's, that's good, that's a nice. Jesus said, This day is salvation come to this house. For so, for so much as he is also a son of Abraham. My emphasis is the first part. This day, salvation is come to this house. In response to the fact that a man with an encounter with Jesus was willing to part with his goods. Jesus judged the reality of this man's salvation based on his willingness, cheerful eagerness to part with his money for the glory of God and the good of others. Jesus said what? Salvation. Now, somebody may be like, what's the connection? First of all, did you see the way he was struggling to see Jesus? A man that has found Christ we esteem Christ greater than any other material thing. Very important. You know where we are coming from. He says, Jesus was talking to Satan. Remember in Matthew 16, verse 23. He says to, to, to Peter, He says, Get out behind me, Satan, for thou an offense to me. For thou servest not the things that be of God. When you a man is does not the things that be of God is not of value to him. Jesus calls it satanic. You know, there was a time I was preaching at at a point, there was someone who was acting like I was preaching. He was now looking as if I was preaching because of money. Then the Lord told me something. He said, you know that I did not call you because of this. He said, if, there's, if, if, if at any point someone wants to make you look like you are preaching for money, Tell him, your money perish with you. Do you understand that? Simon Peter, when uh, 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 Peter, when he met Simon the sorcerer, he says, take money, give me this thing for money. Give me. You know, I've seen people try to do that kind of stuff with me. Say, man of God, come, the honorarium will be good. Your, your money perish with you. You can't esteem Christ is of greater value than anything this world can offer. Jesus judged the reality of this man's salvation based on his willingness and cheerful eagerness to part with his money. When a person, you know, as I started growing in my work with God, I found out that it became easier for me to the clinginess I had to things began to break. It got to a point that my mother became scared of me. I'll get a clothes before you know. Where is it? I've given it out. Ah. Where is it? A man of God said he was he gave her to the point where they gave him an award. His parents he had him he say, I hope you will not give out the award to now that was Zacchaeus. Let's see another case study. Matthew 19. You know, when I study some of these things, sometimes there are things that... Now, bear with me. I want to say something. Anything we say in this place, you should know that I'm not trying to attack somebody else. Do you understand that? I'm just trying to be faithful with the truth. Sometimes the truth can sound hard or harsh. It's not because we want to attack 
somebody or a minister or a ministry or a person. Do you get me? <sighs> this is one of the reasons why I've stayed away from this topic for a long time. Let me tell you something. Christians don't brag about money. Christian ministers don't brag about money. Listen, I'm telling you. It's not right. It's, a, it's, it's off the Christian faith and pattern. You don't boast in word in worldly riches. Do you understand that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you will never see me come here. See, if when well, I tell you, this all over the world. We have branches everywhere. Will, you will never hear me come here and say, Do you know how much money I have? What? Yes, I can talk about God's blessing in my life. Oh. But now make... <sighs> now, some of them may have been doing it to encourage your faith, to build some people up. But that's not the style. Do you understand that? Many of them may have done it for, with the right intention, but you can do the wrong thing with the right intention. Matthew 19. Praise God. Now, you remember Zacchaeus was a rich man. Now, let's see another rich man. Matthew 19 from verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Jesus. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Verse 18. He said unto him, Which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no more Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not be a false witness. Verse 19. Honor thy father and thy mother. Love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth. What lack I yet? 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell thou that heart, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. <laughs> Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Matthew, verse 23. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 44. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Pause. Now, said, oh, camel, is the, the eye of the needle is one gate in Jerusalem that a camel has to struggle to enter. But even that one is not still struggle. <laughs> I won't address that issue. There is a big theological argument that no door like that ever existed. That that interpretation, they don't know where they got it from. Some other people say they got it from a certain archbishop in the 17th century. 
wherever the case more theologians say that that scripture actually meant the actual needle a camel going through the eye of an actual needle and i actually agree with them i agree with them it's not that god see we will find out in later teachings that jesus does not always in fact jesus does not ask people to go and sell all their property do you understand that but in this particular case jesus did it intentionally because jesus knew he knew the man so well the way he knows all so well that money was his god and he had enshrined and enthroned money in his heart so jesus wanted to put him at a point where he will now decide who will be truly god do you understand that what jesus was trying to do was they did not understand he was trying to show them the great barrier wealth <laughs> presents to spiritual birth and growth now go back to that verse of the bible he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god verse 25 when his disciples heard it they were extremely amazed and saying who then can be saved you know why they're saying this thing? But think about it. If most people, what do people live for? Check the check really. What do people really live for? But you're apart from you now who are saved and you want to serve God with your life. Most people's life is run because of money. Money is the reason they do you understand? Get this job for get a better pay. Do this, better this. More money, money. So they're like, ah, who can now be saved? Verse 25. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, <laughs> this the context of all things are possible in this place is. It is God that makes a man that even though he has all the riches, will esteem Christ much more than riches. It's, only, it's a supernatural thing. Do you understand that? He's not saying a rich man cannot be saved. He's saying that with God, it is possible for a rich man to be saved. If a man can put his trust in God, God will make him to be a person that he will despise the riches and focus on God. Do you understand that? Should I come again? So with men, this is impossible. That means a man who trusts in riches, it is impossible for him to be saved. It will take a man who trusts in God to be saved, even though he has riches. Do you understand that? For him to be saved, he has to put the money aside and say, I know I'm a rich man, but you see, this money will not stand in my way. Do you understand that? It's about a hard thing. He has to say, God is more important than this one. So if this one will stand in my way, I will ignore you and focus on God. With God, it is, it is possible. And that's a, a faith scripture. With God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. 
No wonder C.S. Lewis says, He who has God and everything has no more than he who has God alone. You know what this teaching will do to you? See, I will, it will be from the ground up. Now, just the same way Jesus judged Zacchaeus' salvation by his response to wealth. Jesus is judging this man's salvation by his response to wealth. Are you following this? Too important. If Christ is not Lord over our money and possessions, then he is not Lord at all. You see, Jesus will call us to take actions that breaks our bondage to money and possessions. And frees us to live under his exclusive leadership. The principle is timeless. Your response, see, your response to money is a test of your spiritual state. I'm telling you. Your response to money. Now, you, I know, listening to me now, many of you have questions. So are you not saying we should be poor? Are you not saying we should not, should we be, don't worry, all those questions will be answered. Let me tell you. you God is telling you, that script, this is also telling you that it is possible to be rich and be saved. Do you understand this? This scripture is also telling you that it's possible, but it is with God. It's not outside God. It is with God. It's possible to be very wealthy and be very saved, but with God. God must have ensured, God must have been, been Lord over your heart for that to happen. If you go, uh, we'll have to stop now. Thank you, Father. Let me tell you the truth. I know someone listening to me, even online, may be like, oh God, this kind of teaching. <laughs> you see, I told myself something when studying this. I was studying one of those days and I stood up, I told myself, I refuse to be comfortable with a lie and eventually become afraid of the truth. You hear what I tried to say? Here I said, I refuse to be comfortable with a lie and eventually become afraid of the truth. You know when you held on to something for a long time and a part of you is thinking, what if this thing you're holding on to is not true? It would be hard to let go because you become comfortable with the lie. So I would tell myself early. Let me tell you what will happen. The result of this type of teaching. By the time many of you now break into millions and God expands many of you. You will be so humble yet so wealthy. You get what I'm trying to say? The, 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 the callousness that comes with wealth will be radiated from your life. And you will see yourself do many, many, many mighty things that will count for eternity.
Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. Be thou exalted. In Jesus' name. So we'll continue. This teaching will go Sundays, Thursdays. Our mon- we will not include our Monday discipleship services. I think that one I'll be teaching who is Jesus. Go around the deity of Christ, the substitute, our high priest. I'll be teaching who is Jesus on the Mondays. But Sundays and, and Thursdays, we'll be talking about money, talking about giving, talking about tithing. Should we tithe? Um, talking about how do you choose a comfortable offering? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Planning for saving, planning for investing, planning for you. There are many things we talk about. Why many people? Are, you will ask you why people are. Some people are not also rich. Talk about dealing with demonic attacks, dealing with because it's also there too. Do you understand that a person's finances can be attacked if you don't know? Know it all. Yeah, I said. The boy met me some weeks ago. He said he had an encounter in the dream. In the dream, a snake tied him and entered his mouth. He woke up from that dream feeling that something had happened to him. He prayed, prayed, but as at when he told the story, he felt, he told me he was not so strong spiritually. From then on, he noticed that in his business, he will always get jobs. At the time of payment, he will have a problem. Either the, the card will have problems. Some, there was even a time they spent the money. Eh? The bank said that the, the account is not, is not um, accurate. He was wondering, ah! He will give them the card. They will say the card is not functional. And something will happen, he will not get the money. It kept happening for months. Happening for months. Then he came here. I held his hand, I prayed, no too much drama, just prayed with him, prayed with him that. Two weeks later, he ran here. Sir, the alert has come. It has been coming. They are paying me now. Do you understand? So, that's the spiritual side. It's money. We'll talk about that. We have exalted in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the sermon. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.